pricing is less than one minute off the interstate. 802 Honda. Driving to be Vermont's number one Honda dealer. PNR Lumber Route 15 Walkit is the place for your local top quality rough and plain lumber. Tying groove, V groove, shiplap, and smooth four sides in spruce, hemlock, pine, and cedar. For your yard, PNR Lumber has bark mulch. Be sure to get your pre-constructed raised beds in time for the growing season. Available in several different heights, made from long-lasting cedar. Need lumber? Call PNR Lumber at 472-6636. That's 472-6636. Open seven to four. 30 weekdays and 8 to noon on Saturdays. It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio Vermont presents the Mark Johnson Show. Thank you, Jim Condy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. We all made it to a Friday. Thanks for spending part of your morning with us. Coming up on the program here, you're, um, stick around here because you're going to want to hear our discussion this morning with Ed Rubin, a fascinating guy, I guarantee you here. Not to put any pressure on you, Ed. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take your phone calls throughout the program as well, too. You can join us at 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. Toll-free, 877-291-8255. Uh, indulge me for a moment. I want to uh, wish uh, safe travels to uh, my fabulous daughter this morning, who is uh, going on her first adventure on an airplane by herself. Please, uh, good luck. And... Uh, I have my phone on in case you need to reach me. <laughs> Safe travels for everybody out there uh, on this uh, fabulous weekend here. Again, our phone number is on the program, 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. Toll-free, 877-291-8255. And I can already hear the eye roll that, um, that she had on that one. Let's give a nice warm radio Vermont welcome this morning. We begin today. Uh, let me uh, just get alert of the computer here. Uh, joining us here live in our studios this morning, let's give a nice warm radio Vermont welcome this morning to Ed Rubin, who has put together this beautiful coffee table book of photographs, Vermont, an outsider's inside view, and uh, he hails from L.A. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you, Mark, for having me on this show. Let's um, let's find out a little bit about uh, you. As I mentioned, you, you grew up in L.A., which you were telling me before the program here that you have some pretty deep roots, which is sort of a weird concept to think about with people in L.A. That's true. Uh, most people think that everybody in L.A. comes from somewhere else. And actually, I was born in L.A., and not only was I born in L.A., but I'm a fourth-generation Angelino. My great-grandparents got to Los Angeles in around 1900. And uh, for, to be a fourth-generation Angelino is like the equivalent of being like a 17th-generation Vermonter. You just... It, it really means that my, you know, my family's there. My entire family is buried behind Paramount Studios in a cemetery. And I, L.A. is really uh, my family's town. You know, and and so it, it makes a difference when when you have those kinds of roots. Are there questions that people have of uh, Do you have to have a certain number of generations to be really considered an Angelino? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we don't really have a concept of that, mainly because everybody really is from somewhere else. Yeah, we we don't hear in Vermont either. <laughs> right. My goodness, we were just having a discussion this week. Somebody was challenging me with the question of what really makes a, a real Vermonter. How would you actually? How would you, as an outsider's inside view, here as you title the book? How would you, how would you answer well, that? Well, here's the thing about Vermont, which I think is amazing, and that is that Vermont, 
there are a few places in the con- in this country where that are, are are that have the same kind of let's say atmosphere of Vermont. And, and what I mean by that is that people want to be here. Either you're born here and you love it and you stay here, or you've come from somewhere else. And you've moved here because you really want to be here. And what that does, it kind of creates a collective, let's say, consciousness of love for a place and, uh, and regarding it as special that, that a lot of other places don't have. For example, San Francisco back in the 80s, I lived in San Francisco. A lot of people went to San Francisco because they felt they could be free there. They could express themselves. They wanted to be there. And they sacrificed a lot Mm -hmm. to be there in terms of housing, uh, maybe, you know, not the greatest job, whatever. But they wanted to be there. Right. And that creates something special. And you feel it. When you cross the, the state line here in Vermont... You feel this, and I can't tell you how many Vermonters have said that to me, that when they come to Vermont, if they've been traveling wherever, they get to Vermont and they just take a deep breath and they go, oh, I'm home. My God, I was just I was saying that exact thing at the beginning of the week about how this is such a great place to come back to when you come back from a vacation. Well, it is, and even today, I'm staying with some uh, friends of mine um, up in Maple Corner, and uh, it's Eric Oberg and Judy Copa, if you're listening, hello. And um, just today, you know, driving down here, the sheer beauty of everything is, it, it, it's like um, a euphoria you feel when you're here that is very, very special. I totally agree with your your analysis that this is a state where people are either born here and decide to stay, or it's a place that attracts people that weren't born here. So, all right, give me a, give me a hint here. Why is that? Why is it? Why is this that kind of place? Well, first of all, I think it's not easy to live here because uh, most people that I know who live here have maybe three jobs to make ends meet. To keep, you know, to um, to just uh, not, I don't want to say get by, but, but to make a life for themselves. So if you're willing to do that, that, number one, that means this place must be very special. And I think it makes the people special. I mean, the people who are here, you know, Vermont, uh, it's almost as if i have uncovered this other country this this kind of um haven let's say for people who believe in community who believe in uh being an individual who believe in individual expression who honor other people's individual expression without imposing on other people who are in people who are uh believe in community in sharing this is very special, and there are also very, very talented people here. People who are um, artists, writers, uh, whatever they do, they love what they do. It's very authentic, as opposed to, let's say, Los Angeles, which, of course, is my hometown, which I do love. But there are many people in Los Angeles who are kind of waiting for their next audition, mm-hmm. let's say. Yeah. <laughs> And people aren't doing that here. People are actually living their lives, and they're living them authentically. And that's why I was attracted 
to Vermont in the first place, besides the beauty of it, it's the people. Mm -hmm. And that's what my book is about. We're talking with Ed Rubin. He's uh, put together Vermont, an outsider's inside view. It's a, um, a series of hundreds of his photographs. Let, let's talk a little bit more uh, about your background. What was it like growing up in L.A.? Give me your experience. Well, um, as I said, you know, I, I come from a kind of specific area of Los Angeles, which is the west side of Los Angeles. Uh, my father uh, was a dentist. My mother was in real estate. Um, I grew up in a relatively affluent neighborhood that also had uh, people like Leonard Nimoy lived there. And, and um, my sixth grade graduation party uh, for elementary school was in Burt Lancaster's house. And no. it's true. His, his daughter was in my class. And, and no, wait a minute. i got to ask. Did Burt <laughs> Lancaster have a pool by any chance? <laughs> you know... All I remember is he actually they actually screened a movie, a new movie from a studio for us, and I thought that was like unbelievable. You remember what it was? No, I don't wow. actually. Wow, God, that, that's incredible. Yeah, and so you know when you, I, I kind of grew up, let's say, showbiz adjacent because my family wasn't in show business, but I was around it. And so it kind of permeated everything, you know. I mean, even to this day, I, when I, I went to the market not too long ago and I almost ran over Peter Bogdanovich in, in my car in the parking lot. You know, this is, this is Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've uh, ultimately got into production design in film and television. I did. Um, I had gone to Berkeley. Uh, you notice how we just jumped way ahead there. Well, I love it. You know, it's like, yeah, let's just move forward here. You know, <laughs> fast forward, just like in the movies. Uh, so uh, I went to Berkeley Architecture School, and then I went to um, I went to school in Paris for uh, painting and photography, and then I came back to the United States, and and uh, I felt I needed to make a living, and I thought, hey, I, I should be designing for theater. And so I got an MFA from Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh for uh, set design, went to New York, did all of that, got kicked out of my apartment in New York when the guy I was subletting wanted to um, sublet to other people. And then I went back to L.A. and I got involved in show business. And so I became a, a, an art director first in television and film. And then I uh, progressed to being a production designer in film and television. And at this point, I have uh, six Emmy nominations, uh, one Emmy Award. I, if any of you out there saw the Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston, the musical, I won for that. And what does a production designer mean? What does that, what does that mean? A production designer is the person who really is in charge of the physical look of the film. And... And when I say physical look, we design the sets. But of course, now in this age of digital technology, uh, you don't actually have to build uh, all of the sets anymore, but you still are responsible for what the digital aspect looks like. So that's what I do, essentially. God, that must have been a huge switch in your, your industry and business to go from the physical to the, the digital. Well, it is. It absolutely is, because now you have um, visual effects companies and what they call visual effects houses that do this work and a lot of time, times they do it without the production designer so you lose control right. of that right so the business has become actually more fragmented let's say okay okay we're going to jump around here so let's go back <laughs> in between sixth grade here at burt lancaster's house <laughs> and you becoming a production designer were there any other birthday parties that we had to know about <laughs> 
Oh, who can remember? There have been so many birthdays. <laughs> I mean, did, did you ever meet Leonard Nimoy? You know, I, strangely enough, we ran into him on the pier in Monterey, California, which is nowhere near Los Angeles. Huh. And there he was, and we said hello. But I, we were not um, neighbors that knew each other, let's say. Okay. I know his son went to school with my sister, and my sister wasn't junior high with Michael Jackson. <laughs> You're kidding. No, I'm not. Huh. <laughs> But it's the west side of Los Angeles, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, way it is. It's kind of near that 90210 zip code, too. Uh, very close, yes. 244-1777, that's our local number in central Vermont. Toll-free, 877-291-8255. All right, so it's only got me 15 minutes to the ultimate question here. Is <laughs> what on earth is a guy from L.A. doing this book about Vermont? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Why did I do this book? Um... You know, I've asked myself that many times. So, you know, even it took me four years to do this book. And during that four years, I would occasionally say, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And the immediate answer was... Was that daily or weekly? <laughs> hourly. <laughs> no, it was occasionally. It was just occasionally. And the answer was always because I have to. And as an artist, when that's the answer... You understand that this is more than just, oh, I think I'll do a book, or I think I'll take some pictures. It becomes what I like to refer uh, to as a calling. It's to a higher purpose of some kind. And you know, as an artist, when you put all of your passion, everything that you are, into something, um, it's going to be successful, not only uh, successfully, uh, let's say, satisfying on a personal level, but it also becomes just an important part of your life, and that's what happened to me with Vermont. I originally came here in 1998 to uh, production design a, an independent feature film called Mud Season that starred Rusty DeWeese and George Woodard. Mm -hmm. And so that's who we can blame for all of this. <laughs> well, no, the people you can blame for all of this is Elliot and Florence Morse in, in Montpelier because they are responsible. They were ground zero for this book. Okay. All right. Well, we would be happy to blame Elliot Morse for just about all the evils of the world. Wow. All right. That, so that's your, that's your connection here to Vermont, Elliot Morse. My goodness. Okay. Absolutely. I met Elliot. Elliot was our Vermont, Vermont uh, advisor. Uh, on mud season and Elliot was the most amazing person I'd ever met. He was the cemetery sexton, the boys club leader, the historian, the, 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 he could do everything. He made maple syrup and, you know, he could train turkeys to pop their heads out of, out of, uh, baskets when we needed it. He had the road close. You know, I had never met anybody like this and I guarantee you he'd never met anybody like me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people that run into Elliot have that same sort of reflection. <laughs> All right, so so then, okay, so you're working on Mud Season. How did the idea come that you had to, just had to do this book? Well, Mud Season was 17 years ago. And so after I did Mud Season, I went back to Los Angeles. But I stayed in touch with Elliot and Florence and also Rick and Betsy Barstow up in Adamant. Very good friends of mine. And... Uh, over the years, we just kept in touch, and then I became a photographer, 
And I was in a show in Essex Junction at the Darkroom Gallery. And I thought, hey, you know, let me come out for the show and I'll see Elliot and Florence. And that'll be really fun. So that's what I did. And while I was at the show, at the opening reception, Elliot and Florence came to that. And that night at the opening reception, I kind of looked at them and I thought to myself, wait a second. They, these two people are showing me a Vermont that tourists do not see. These are my friends, and they are introducing me to their friends. And I think there should be a book about the real Vermonters who live here and work here that's not just a pretty picture book about, oh, the leaves and how beautiful that is, because there are a million of those. And I thought... I could do a book that expressed something about these people and put it in the context of these beautiful landscapes of where they live. 244-1777 is our local number. Toll free 877-291-8255. You have to tell people this story. You're really kind of a late bloomer when it comes to photography. Oh, I'm a total late bloomer. In fact, no one is more surprised that I'm a photographer than me. I mean, I was a, uh, well, of course I was a, a, I am a designer in film. In fact, I just finished a film in Los Angeles, but I've always been a painter and I've won many awards as a painter. And, um, so what happened to me was, uh, you know, with the internet and everything, it's very easy now to, uh, enter competitions, painting competitions online. They're all listed all over the world. So I was looking for a painting competition and I saw a photography competition and I had recently found a picture that I had forgotten that I had taken on some backwater file on my computer. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting picture. I think I'll submit that to this photography competition with absolutely no expectations whatsoever. Best way to do it. Yeah, It really was because I submitted the picture, cost me 30 bucks, and I forgot about it. Completely forgot about it. Two months later, I get a letter from Serban Publications, which I think is junk mail. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to throw it away. You won a prize. Did it say you win a prize in the essay? <laughs> well, no, it didn't say. It was like, it was like, uh, it was like this anonymous letter. And so I opened the letter up, and this is really hysterical. The letter starts out saying, Dear Mr. Rubin, we received many submissions for our competition. I think, oh, okay. Yeah. It's the kiss-off letter. You know, you're a nice guy, but and keep... You're, and you're not getting it back. Yeah, and forget about it. Keep your day job. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. But halfway down the letter, it says congratulations, you have won, you know, best photography of 2010 and we're going to publish you in Photographer's Forum Magazine's annual best photography. And I couldn't believe it. I was floored. And then what happened was I went back and looked at my the photography I'd been doing and I realized I had an entire body of work as a photographer that I had used just as tools for my painting. I never considered the photography as an end unto itself. So these are pictures you took that you would then try to make a painting off oh, of? Oh, I would make landscapes or people. I used to, I would do, I would take pictures of the costumed extras in the movies I did. I did fantasy films, all kinds of things like that. And I would use the the the, the, photo, the photos as, you know, my research. Yeah. That was it. So these are photos you weren't really even trying. No. Wasn't even trying. Completely unaware that I was 
doing anything that was worthwhile at all. Wow. With the, phot- with the photography. I mean, the painting was really good, but the photography, I, I could really care less about. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, I went, oh my God, wait a second, I'm a photographer. And I didn't even know it. And since then, this is five years ago, since then, I have either won or been in over 45 international photography competitions, including uh, the the biennial in Spain, in Malaga, Spain, where they showed my work at a museum. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. I mean, and I, I can't even believe it myself, but now I actually do believe it. And this book... Um, when I got the idea to do the book, I also realized that, you know, that this could be a significant body of work for me with a theme as a photographer. And that's what artists usually do. They do bodies of work. So it, it was a good idea on many levels. I think one person that you may have missed, and it's too bad that you did in your book, uh, Vermont and Outsiders Inside View, uh, Ed Rubin, Let's, uh, is Fred in Moncton Ridge. Fred, good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I'm a, I'm a lifelong Vermonter, and are you the gentleman that took the picture of the Lapine sisters? I am indeed. Now, now I like I said, I've been born and brought up here in Vermont every day of my life. And when I saw that picture, it brought tears to my eyes, and it brought a, a, a something, a memory of somewhere uh, that I was brought up around in Vermont that you will never see anywhere else in the world. Those three sisters were Vermont, or are Vermont. And it's just the most magnificent photo I still have ever seen about Vermont. Can you, and I want to thank you for doing I haven't seen your book, but I'm going to get it. All right. Thank, thank you, Fred. Can you describe this photo first? Oh, Ed? absolutely. Now, this is a photograph of the three Lapine sisters who live near, uh, I think it's either Morrisville or Morristown. I get them confused. Sorry. Um, but they live on a, a road called... So, so does Shap Smith. <laughs> Sorry, just an inside joke. <laughs> uh, they live on a uh, on a road called Mud City Loop, which you know, for me, that's like what. And I had heard people had talked about them, so I called them up. I literally called up Gertrude. She answers the phone, and I I explained who I was and what I'm doing and everything. And the truth is that you know they they didn't want to be photographed. In fact, most people don't want to be photographed, but they have. They've had books written about them. They've, they're, they're very well known within Vermont. And I think that they, you know, they just didn't want a lot of publicity. That's just not who they are. But I kind of, you know, I just whined and begged and moaned and, uh-huh. and basically, you know, made them feel sorry for me. And, and so I, I, we were able to go over to their house and I met the three of them and they were, they were just, I mean, they were so amazing. These three women who, Grew up on this farm and are are known. Uh, they're ph- philanthropists. They are art collectors. They 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 built the barns. They they did everything. And you know, and this picture that I took of them is a spontaneous moment of the three sisters together. And what I think makes it a wonderful photograph is you can see their relationship and you can see this moment of joy and. I'm very fortunate to have photographed them when I did because one of the sisters, Marie, has since passed on. Mm-hmm. And so here's the photograph of the three of them together, and it will last in this book. How did you get a really good photograph? Was it just luck? You know, 
for me, photography is about three things. It's about... Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to stop you right there. Oh. Photography is about three things. We're going to find out what those three things are from Ed Rubin, <laughs> the author of Vermont, An Outsider's Inside View. That's what we, you know, in the, your, your old line of work here, this is what we call a coming up. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> official all smiles family dental center is central vermont's invisalign preferred provider to celebrate we're offering invisalign for the same price as traditional braces affordable financing programs are available there is no reason not to get the fantastic smile you deserve with comfortable clear virtually invisible invisalign aligners now for the same price as braces call 476-8700 that's 476-8700 to arrange a free initial consultation or visit mybtsmiles.com all smiles on the barry montpelier road are you all smiles all smiles all smiles The Sealy Introductory Mattress Sale is now in progress at Hooker's Furniture. For a limited time, save 40% off the brand new, all new Sealy Posturepedic with the improved core support center for maximum comfort and support. Save now on the Optimum Cool Gel Memory Foam and the new Half Inner Spring Half Cool Gel Hybrid. Whatever you do in bed, Sealy supports it with fantastic savings during the Sealy Introductory Mattress Sale only at your betting experts. Hooker's Furniture on Route 100 and Waterbury Center. So drive a little and save a lot. You'll tap your toes, you'll hum along, you'll remember the evening for years to come when you see Canadian Grandmaster Fiddler Louis Schreier at the Barry Opera House Saturday, August 15th at 7 p.m. A Quebec native, Louis Schreier is a four-time Grandmaster Fiddle Champion, an eight-time Canadian Fiddle Champion who astonishes audiences every time his bow crosses strings. With a soulful, magical touch and exhilarating spontaneity, Louis Schreier is a joy to both see and hear. So don't miss this rare entertainment opportunity benefiting Cove, Community of Vermont Elders, an evening with Louis Schreier, underwritten by H.A. Menage Corporation at the Barry Opera House, Saturday, August 15th at 7 p.m. For tickets, group rates, and complete concert details, call the Barry Opera House box office at 476-8188 or log on to barryoperahouse.org. RB Technologies on Route 14 in East Montpelier has been creating and supporting thoughtfully designed, custom-crafted computer networks and communication systems for their business clients since 1997. Here's team member Steve Gilman. Well, our primary mission is really to listen to our clients, so we may develop and support systems around their specific needs rather than trying to just fit them into something that comes off the shelf. Our primary goal is to earn the trust necessary for building a long-term, lasting relationship with our client. It is truly our team's primary focus. We've made some major enhancements here over the past couple of years, and I truly believe it's our ability to provide managed services through a state-of-the-art system while continuing to provide a personal touch in building relationships with our customers. The team at RB Technologies knows it's all about building lasting relationships. Call 223-4448 or online at rbtechvt.com. When you think of business technology and communications, 
Think of RB Technologies. Hey there, this is Todd McCarthy of Lenny's Shoe and Apparel. My dad, Lenny, opened our first shoe store in Barrie, Vermont in 1990. Our locally owned business has been outfitting families, hunters, and working folks for 25 years. To thank you for 25 great years, we're celebrating with a store-wide sale. Join us this weekend and celebrate our 25th anniversary with free cupcakes and 25% off store-wide at Lenny's in Barrie, Williston, St. Albans, and Plattsburgh. All right, we're back continuing our discussion this morning. We've been talking with uh, painter-turned-photographer Ed Rubin, who has put together this uh, beautiful book. We're going to tell you about some of the places that Ed's going to be appearing to, so you can go and see him and see the book, too. All right, uh, drum roll, please. The th- uh, oh, um, uh, Here, we're going to mention a couple of these here. August 15th uh, at Bear Pond Books in Stowe at 11 a.m. He'll be at the Warren Store in Warren, isn't that a coincidence? 12 p.m. on uh, the 22nd of August, Northshire down in Manchester on the 28th, and September 4th at Galaxy Books in Hardwick. All right. <laughs> Three keys to photography. Okay. Before I tell you that, oh, all right. if I don't do this, I'm going to kill myself. I have to give a total shout-out to Pinky Clark and Lorraine Clark in Montpelier. Right on. Because... They have been so helpful to me in uh, organizing the book tour. And they're really why I'm here today with you. So, okay. Pinky and Clean, Lorraine. Kleenex right there if you need it. <laughs> You're getting a little teary on me there. I know. Wow. I mean, wow. They are the best. They okay. are just fantastic. And thank you so much, you guys. Okay, back to photography. Um, now I'm getting a little choked up. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'll, I will say something else. That in the process of doing this book... There were so many people who helped me, who really helped me. And the kindness of people, the generosity of people um, during this whole process was something that taught me some. That taught me a lot. And that unfolded as the book unfolded. And... um, I'm just very grateful for that. All right, we're going to get to the question here, but can you, you got to give me give me an example of what you mean by that. Who who helped oh you? Oh my God! I mean, okay, give me, give here me we an go. Example of what you thought was extraordinary kindness. Well, my friends Nancy and Kurt Houghton, who live in Wallingford, I was here about two months ago in Vermont, and I, I uh, my publisher and I, we 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 know about the bookstores in Vermont, but what we, we what you can't tell on the internet are all of the like the um, the gift stores and the, the, the libraries and the other venues. So what did I do? I came to Vermont for a month and ran around in a car and just went to all of these different places on the road with my book like an old-fashioned peddler. I used my friends, Nancy and Kurt, gave me a car to do that. And they let me stay in their home as long as I wanted to do that. I mean, what kindness and generosity, unasked for. But I, I believe that that's what people do here. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's what makes this place special. Most of the Vermonters I met, you know, they won't tell you anything about themselves. I mean, they're very private people. They feel like if they talk about themselves, they're boasting or this kind of thing. And one doesn't do that. So I had to drag it out of them. And all of a sudden, I, I started to learn that, oh, they volunteer here. They're involved with this community there. They're, uh, for example, um, uh, Betty Fitzgerald, who uh, 
who I met at the Wayside Restaurant. She, her husband is a Vietnam War hero. And there's a destroyer, I think it's a battleship or destroyer, that's named for him. <laughs> and yeah. she's just this lady who I met in the Wayside who... I said, hey, you want to be photographed? And she kind of looked at me, and I could tell she did, though, you know? And then the stories come out. And, and you, So you interviewed everybody, too, as part of this book. I, when, we were take, when, I, when I took the pictures, I took notes, but the notes were so inadequate and basically crappy, let's say, that I had to wind up calling everybody in the book, and I interviewed them. And thank God I did, because all of this other stuff started to come out about them that I wrote about in the book, which gives the book a whole other layer about Vermonters. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to get to that question in a minute here, but first we've got to take a couple of calls oh. here. Let's go to uh, <laughs> Elmore. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning, Mark, and um, I wanted to uh, give your guest another perspective on Elliot Morris, which is... Um, Mm. I'm a traveling uh, freelance musician, and when I first got to Vermont in 1977, I had a VW Bug, the original VW Bug, and Elliot Morse had the best Volkswagen garage in the state of Vermont, maybe in New England or the universe, and uh, it was right there in East Montpelier across from his house, and so that was my introduction to him, and uh, he had a lot to do with my staying here, too. Mm. He was wow. not only... Wow. Not only the jewel of a human being that he still is, but his whole manner and his knowledge of VWs uh, was unparalleled. So that's just another perspective. I'm not sure that uh, your guest knew about wow, that. Wow, that's I'd, I'd never heard that. That's fascinating. I had no idea he had a connection for you staying here too. Wow, it's like absolutely. The, the guy's like you know the 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 hub. <laughs> Well, he Elliot is uh, is Vermont to many of us. Yeah, and is and of course is Bro too. Correct. Yep. Did you meet Burr? Uh, you... Oh yes, I've met Burr, and I will also say, and you're up in Elmore. Well, you know, you must know Kathy Miller, who runs the Elmore store. So she's in my book too. I took a portrait of her. Wow. <laughs> All right, let's take a call from uh, Morristown. I'm sorry, or is it Morrisville? No, it's Morristown. John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Mark. Um, I haven't seen your guest's book, but uh, damn sure I'll uh, be looking for it. My question uh, is whether he's familiar with uh, Peter Miller's books, yeah. Peter Miller's photography, and if so, How's uh, what effect did that have yeah. on him? Yeah, good question. Yep, I was on. The, I was going in that direction too. Yep. Should I? Uh, well, um, when I first got the idea of uh, doing this book and I started photographing people, people would say to me, have you seen Peter Miller's book? And I would say, well, no, I haven't. Um, and the more that people were talking about him, the more I realized, I don't think I should look at that book because I don't want whatever he's done to influence what I'm doing. So I made a very conscious effort to not look at his photographs uh, until after I had finished this project. And I think he's a, a fantastic phot photographer. Um, and, you know, his, his photographs are absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. I, I take somewhat the same approach with, with, uh, with my job, too. How do you think you're different than Peter's books? Well, um, 
Well, that's a really good question. Um, I guess the main difference right now is that I have my book is a more uh, let's say contemporary, contemporary, uh, uh, a contemporary view or not a view, but a, a contemporary uh, depiction of Vermonters right now. How about this slice? Slice, slice of Vermont. That's. Um, happening right now and I, I believe that his books I, I've only seen I think one book of his that are they concentrate on let's say an older generation of Vermonters um, and in my book I wanted to have all kinds of people all kinds of ages but you know it's I, I don't like to compare my work to other people because it's it's really quite uh, they're, they're just different you know mm -hmm. yeah. all right Three most important things about photography. Oh, right, that. God, thank God we remember <laughs> Oh, that. yeah, photography. Um, let's see. Now, this is just my opinion. I mean, everybody has their own ideas about what art is and, and more power to them. Um, basically, I believe a good photograph is about composition, lighting, and content. Those three elements. Um, and they all have to be, uh, they all have to meet at the right moment and uh, be superb, let's say. And this is not easy to do. Um, also, there is luck and timing, which is really important also. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on the lighting, how do, you, how do you create or how do you suck in good lighting? Here's the thing. Um, when I was photographing people, I didn't have any lighting equipment with me. I didn't bring anything. I had a little... My, my partner, Sam, of 25 years, had a little disc, reflector disc, and that's all I had because I didn't want to bring lighting setups. I felt that that would be artificial. I felt that that would ruin the spontaneity of the photographs. Yeah. So basically, I... Because I've been in... Uh, I've been a production designer in film for so long. I've been around lots of lighting, you know, cinematographers. I've observed this over and over and over. So I understand how certain kinds of light will model a, a face or right. will bring out something. And, that, and also shadows. I, I understand that because my work involves that. So... I would just look for the right kind of lighting situation. Now, I will say uh, that a lot of the places I went to, to photograph, the lighting was terrible. And so, and I was photographing in color. But what I found was if I converted some of the pictures to black and white, they worked better because in color they were awful. Right. You know? Right. So there's also that going on. Mm-hmm. You have a, an incredible picture of Peter Shumlin. Can you describe... <laughs> I mean, it just... I don't know why he looks so animated. I don't think I've really ever seen him quite that lit up, so to speak. Well, this is one of my favorite um, stories about the book, and I do tell this when, I, um, when I'm on my book tour. Basically, when I was photographing people, they kept saying to me, you should photograph the governor, and I thought they were kidding. It's like, the governor? You know, I'm from California. You don't just go photograph the governor. And so, uh, but people kept telling me this. And I thought, and one day I was walking past the state house and I thought, oh, what the hell? You know, I'm, I'm here. I guess I'll go photograph the governor. So I, it's like, you know, little orphan Annie goes and knocks on the, 
governor's door, and I and I'm at the pavilion building, and I say to the guard, uh, "Hi." Uh, my name is Ed. I'm from Hollywood. I'm doing this book about Vermonters. Uh, do you think I could photograph the governor? And the guard says, yeah, go on up. Like that. I couldn't believe it. So I, he's on the fifth floor. Just go on up. So I go up there and there's a lady behind the desk. And I look at her and she said, and I say, hi, oh, I'm Ed Rubin. I'm doing this book on Vermont. And I, I pull out my driver's license and I tell her I'm not crazy. I'm a real person. I'm not a terrorist. She's kind of looking at me, you know, and, yeah. and, and she goes, oh, well, you know, yeah, let me go find out. And she disappears and she comes back in, in uh, five minutes and she says, yes, he will. He would love to be photographed by you. In fact, he's signing a bill tomorrow. Why don't you come to that? And then afterwards, he'll have a private session with you. Wow. Can you imagine uh, yeah. somebody from Los Angeles? The governor, I couldn't, I thought they were kidding. And we'll call you tomorrow morning. And I'm like, oh, sure they will. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. the next morning, the phone rings. It's them. We're expecting you at the bill signing. And then you'll have your private session with him. And I'm like, oh, my God. God. And so that's exactly what happened. I, I, I went Clean to the shirt. bill signing. Clean shirt. I, you know, yeah. I got all, yeah. you know. Beat it up. No press pass, no nothing. I'm in this room full of people, like five feet from the governor. Ceremonial office. In the ceremonial office. He's signing bills and everything. And I'm thinking, I can't believe this is happening. And then afterwards, everybody leaves. I was told to, you know, just stay here. And he comes back in. And me and my partner, Sam, we're, we're there, and there's Peter Shumlin. And it's like, hi, how you doing? Da, da, da. And it's like, like as if, I mean, I couldn't believe it. So I just start taking all these pictures of him, and I'm like, hey, Peter, can you move over a little bit? And, this, and I'm talking to the governor of Vermont like that. And it was unbelievable, and I just got this shot because he was relaxed. It was fun. There was a wonderful energy. He's extremely charismatic. And he's a powerful figure, and and um, that kind of energy, I was able to kind of capture that in a moment, you know. And uh, I got to tell you that um, recently I dropped a book off at his office, and the next day my cell phone rang, and it was him. The governor of Vermont calls me on my cell phone. Hey, Ed, it's Peter Shumlin. And I'm like, uh... Hi, how you doing? You know, I mean, it's like, what? I have an agent in Hollywood. And when my agent calls me, her assistant calls me and says, oh, I have your agent on the line. Can you hold, please? Uh, and here's the governor of Vermont just calling me to say hello. Mm -hmm. That's Vermont. And what time are you going over to his house for dinner tonight? <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll come back continue our discussion this morning. We've been uh, talking about Ed Rubin's really wonderful book about Vermont and the photographs. We'll find out some of what his other favorites were right after these important announcements. You have a basic idea of how you want your completed new kitchen and bath project to look and to function. But the selection of products available to achieve your goals is seemingly endless. It's not enough to visit a big showroom and ask assistance from a sales clerk. This is Dana Wiles at the Country Home Center. We're tucked away in Morrisville, but many of Vermont's leading contractors agree that Country Home Center's kitchen and bath inventory and design service is one of the finest in the area. Brian Hill heads up our kitchen and bath design team. They know what products are available to meet your tastes, needs, and budget. From consultations in the store 
and at your home, they'll create 3D full-color designs of your proposed project. They'll be with you from concept to completion. Email Brian Hill, spelled with a Y, at brianhillchc at comcast.net. Your new kitchen or bath begins and ends at Country Home Center. Visit us at countryhomecenter.net. In the real world, we have hills, we have snow, we have chores. What we don't have is time. Ventrac is your one tractor solution for all the jobs we face here in New England. These tough, versatile tractors can handle anything that you or Mother Nature can dish out. Champlain Valley Equipment in Berlin, Vermont is your local Ventrac dealer. Stop by today or call 802-223-0021 and schedule an on-site demo. Ventrac, because life is not a level playing field. Online at ChamplainValleyEquipment.com. You'll tap your toes, you'll hum along, you'll remember the evening for years to come when you see Canadian Grandmaster Fiddler Louis Schreier at the Barry Opera House Saturday, August 15th at 7 p.m. A Quebec native, Louis Schreier is a four-time Grandmaster Fiddle Champion, an eight-time Canadian Fiddle Champion who astonishes audiences every time his bow crosses strings. With a soulful, magical touch and exhilarating spontaneity, Louis Schreier is a joy to both see and hear. don't miss this rare entertainment opportunity benefiting Cove Community of Vermont Elders an evening with Louis Schreier underwritten by H.A. Menage Corporation at the Berry Opera House Saturday, August 15th at 7pm For tickets, group rates and complete concert details call the Berry Opera House box office at 476-8188 or log on to berryoperahouse.org The fun is all in the cards it's the newest fast play pro game from the Vermont Lottery. Blackjack Bucks. You can win cash prizes instantly. There are three Blackjack Bucks games. One, two, and five dollar tickets. The more you spend, the more you can win. You get multiple chances to win on each ticket. Plus, you'll always have a chance at the rolling jackpot. Try your hand at new Blackjack Bucks today. Please play responsibly. Special announcement. Wendell's Furniture is Vermont's largest furniture store, so we're having Vermont's largest furniture sale. It's a $4 million inventory reduction event. We recently underwent major renovations and acquired a surplus of unsold top quality inventory. We must make room immediately. $4 million worth of brand name home furnishings and handmade oriental rugs have been drastically discounted for immediate sales store wide. Everything must go. Up to 60% off top quality home furnishings. Up to 70% off handmade oriental rugs. Now is the time to buy. Living rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, dinettes, sectionals, recliners, TV stands, mattresses, rugs, accessories, and more are all reduced for quick sale. Nothing held back. It's a complete wall-to-wall sell-off. Hi, folks. It's Wendell. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to own the furniture you've always wanted during our massive inventory reduction event going on now at Wendell's Furniture in Colchester and at the Vermont Bed Store, 4050 Wilson Road, South Burlington. Get details at wendellsfurniture.com. All right, back, uh, continuing our discussion this morning, we've been talking with uh, Ed Rubin, his uh, fabulous book, Vermont, An Outsider's Inside View. Ed's going to be at Bear Pond Books in Stowe, and that's going to be coming up on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. And then uh, Galaxy Books is probably the closest other one, 6 p.m. on the 4th of September. All right. Um, did we have a question pending on the table there before we went to the break? I don't think we did. 
don't think so. All right, okay. Yeah. Let me first take a moment to remind you uh, about our good friends at Jet Service Envelope. If you're looking for an outstanding local printer, yes, you can even get your book published there. And you could call them today at 229-9335. Maybe you need a nice trifold brochure as part of your operation. Maybe you want to promote something that you have. Maybe a, a book or something like that. Maybe you have a nonprofit that you're a part of or a for-profit. You want to let people know what you actually do. Call them at 229-9335 and on the web at jetservice-envelope.com. Talk about this fabulous picture you have of Peter and Elka Schumann, the uh, directors of Bread and Puppet. Well, uh, when I first started this project, um, I didn't actually realize that the Bread and Puppet Theater was here in Vermont. And when I saw that there was a museum... I thought, oh my God, this is fantastic, you know, because my background was also in theater and theater design, so I got very, very excited about this. And so I called the number of the museum, and here I'm thinking it's some big museum, right? And uh, Elka herself answers the phone, which I, I couldn't believe. I'm talking to Elka Schumann, and I said to her, oh, you know, I, I really want to see the museum, and when are you open and everything? And she says to me, well, just come on up here. And, you know, go in the barn, and when you go in the barn, turn on the lights, and when you leave the barn, turn, turn them, them off. off. Like that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, all right. So, we drive up there, and indeed, there's this huge barn, and there's nobody around, and we walk in, and we turn on the lights, and this place is filled with these dioramas of their puppets, their creations from all of their past shows. And I have never seen anything like this. I believe it is a national treasure. There's nothing else like this. And the, the sheer creativity and, and the amazing artistry of Peter and, and all of these people who have over the years contributed to this. So I was just absolutely amazed. And they happened, they, while we were in looking around, uh, Peter and Elka actually came along and there, there they were. And so I asked if I could photograph them and they really didn't want to be photographed because, you know, they, they get a lot of publicity and everything and they're kind of over it. And, and, um, I just kind of, uh, I, of course, I begged and moaned and pleaded and, you know, my little whiny self, and, and it worked. And so they gave me like two minutes to, to photograph them, and I took maybe ten pictures, and nine of them were, were no good. But this one picture is fabulous of them, and, and, and I'm just thrilled with it. What may, I mean, it's hard to do this on radio, obviously, but they're standing, Elka and Peter are standing in front of a, a series 